In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of the Holy 50 Days after the Feast of the Resurrection. And in the readings today, we read about Christ speaking about how he is the light of the world and how he is enlightening all of us who are in darkness to see the truth. And he spoke about the Pharisees in verse 43. He said, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. The Pharisees only cared about remaining in power, having authority over the people. All they cared about was maintaining the status quo. And even when the Lord Jesus Christ came and revealed to them that they were living in sin, that they were corrupted, that they were defiled, that they have no salvation, they didn't care about anything that he said to them. All they cared about was maintaining their position and their authority because they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. And so one form of seeking the praise of men that we're going to speak about today is flattery. A way that we try to manipulate others, maybe we try to make other people around us um, feel good in order to attain something from them. And this is a form of lying and seeking the praise of men more than the praise of God. So what is flattery? By definition, flattery is to praise or compliment insincerely or excessively, meaning that I'm going to give compliments to someone, I'm going to make them feel good about themselves, but it is not a genuine or sincere. It's not because I really feel that there is something good in them or that I want to give encouragement, but it's more that I want to obtain something. I want favor in their eyes. I want to, to get something from them, which is why I do it. Flattery is the practice of the wicked. In Psalm 5 verse 9, it says they flatter with their tongue. The wicked flatter with their, with their, with their tongue. We shouldn't think that flattery is the idea of being very nice. You know, being very nice, um, I as long as it's true. If there is someone that we are flattering, but we don't really believe the compliments that we are saying, then we have to ask ourselves, what is it? That, why is it that I'm saying this? Actually, the, the Lord rebukes those people who, who participate in this empty flattery. There's one way to encourage. There's one way to point out a small good thing that a person did. Just like the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was speaking to the Samaritan woman, he found something good that she did. Yes, maybe she was living in sin. Maybe she had had five husbands and the person she was living with was not her husband. But he didn't flatter her in order to make it seem that the way she was living was okay or good. Even though he was trying to save her soul. Even though he was trying to win her to himself. But he didn't look at the sin that she was committed, committing or the wrong thing she was doing and then try to turn that into something good. No, but instead what he did is he found something else she did that was good. And he gave a genuine compliment. And she said, you have spoken truly that the person that you are living with now is not your husband. So even as we are trying to encourage people and we are trying to bring people to the Lord and we are trying to find some good thing in them, that's good. It's good to find some good thing. And everyone has some good thing. But we should focus really on, on some genuine, sincere characteristic or trait in another person in order to bring it to the light, in order to encourage and, and, to, and to boast of it, rather than something that is completely wrong and then try to essentially lie to them and tell them um, flatter them for something that is not real flattery also is a sign of the false prophets in jeremiah 8 verse 11 it says for they have healed the hurt of my daughter of my people slightly saying peace peace when there is no peace what is it that these false prophets were doing in the old testament and jeremiah of course we know we call him the morning prophet morning because he was always sad and and because the the message that the lord called him to preach to the israelites was always one of sadness 
because he was telling the people, unless you repent of your sins, our whole nation is going to be exiled. Our whole nation will be destroyed unless we repent of our sins. And so people didn't like hearing his message. Every time Jeremiah went somewhere and he would preach his message, everyone would hate him. They would reject him to the point where Jeremiah himself said, I can no longer preach. I can no longer speak. But after some time of, of trying this, he said, no, I, it is impossible for me. I must speak. I must speak um, the, the, the message that the Lord has given me, and I, have, I can in no way keep it to myself. But why is it they didn't like him? Because his message was not um, popular. His message was one of con condemnation, and no one wants to hear a message of condemnation. The false prophets at the time, they would go around and they would tell everyone what they want to hear. And this is what it's saying here, that the false prophets would say, peace, peace meaning everything is fine, we are living in peace, and we will continue to have peace, and our nation is strong, and nothing will overcome us. But in reality, this wasn't the case, and the Lord had already proclaimed the condemnation on the Israelites that unless they had repented, that they would be destroyed, and they would go into exile. And this is indeed what happened. So what was the benefit for those people who were living at the time in sin, and, and, and just kind of like using this flattery as, as a drug in order to feel good about themselves while in fact they had some grave sickness. You know, a doctor doesn't flatter his patients. You know, when a patient has some kind of illness, the doctor is not gonna go to him and say, oh no, everything is great, everything is fine, you have no problem, there's no, there's no sickness at all. Well, maybe that will make the patient feel good in the moment because they will feel like I'm, I'm healthy and everything is good. But in the long term, is it going to be better or worse? Of course, it's going to be worse. They're not going to be able to treat the problem. When Jeremiah was preaching against the nation, he wasn't preaching against them because he hated them or because God hated them. He preached against them because of their folly, because of their sin, their wickedness that was leading them to destruction. And he wanted them to look at it honestly. When we flatter people, we, we, we make them take their eyes off of something that maybe is a real serious problem that they have, that they need to focus on, that they need to change. And even though it might cause a lot of pain for people to deal with their struggles and their problems and their weaknesses in the moment, but in the long term, it is far less pain because they are being healed of their wickedness. Flattery is also the desire of those with itching ears, as St. Paul says to St. Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. What are these people with itching ears? The itching ears are the ears that do not want to hear the truth. It's like as though when they begin to hear the truth, their ears bother them. They don't like to hear it. It's something that is, that is disturbing to hear the truth. Again, maybe in our society, there are people who like to live their life a certain way, in a certain lifestyle, contrary to the word of God. And when we come to tell them, no, this is not a biblical way to live. This is not a right way to live. This is morally wrong, the way you have chosen to live. They have itching ears. They don't want to believe this. They don't want to accept it. They want to be convinced and convince themselves that their chosen lifestyle is the right one. So maybe there's another group of people afraid of offending them. They will go and they will flatter them. They will tell them everything that they want to hear. They will tell them, no, the way you have chosen to live is perfect and great and wonderful. And even God blesses it, right? Even though there is no evidence of God blessing certain types of lifestyles from the Bible, God has told us very specifically how he wants us to live. And yet people will invent things and they will pretend and act to believe in themselves and to feel good about themselves 
that whenever these true teachings and true teachers come, they will reject them because they have itching ears. And it's saying, for the time will come, meaning this, he's, this is a prophecy. It says a time was going to come when no one would want to hear the truth, when everyone rejects the truth, when the truth is something that is, that is an abomination to the people. <clears throat> and certainly this is the age that we live in, that the truth is an abomination. Every type of truth. No one wants to accept things as they are. Everyone wants to imagine and pretend that the world is according to their own design, according to their own perspective, so that they can feel justified in living the life that they have chosen for themselves. So this is another form of flattery. Flattery is also for the manipulation of others. Uh, Absalom, who was the son of King David, at a time he rebelled against his father and he wanted to take the kingdom for himself and to become king. And so what did he do? He created this facade, this fake story. He acted as though he were the king. He acted as though he was chosen to be the king. And of course, at the time, it was easy for misinformation to spread because there was no real way of communicating clearly. So maybe one place in the kingdom is not aware of what's happening in the other place in the kingdom. And so he's acting as though he has become king and he has horses and chariots and, and, and parades and all these things that are done for him in order for everyone to believe that he has become king. And it says in 2 Samuel 15, so Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. So what did he do is he went and he said all of these things that everyone wants to hear and, and all these things to make people feel good about themselves. And so they accepted him as king. Who would not want to have a leader or a boss or someone or a parent over us who is going to always tell us that we are great, that we are doing good things and that everything that we are doing, we should just continue to do it. Maybe we would love such a person and we would feel like this person cares about me so much because he wants me to be successful and he's always telling me nice words. It's great, of course, to hear nice words. And, and of course, there are many nice words and things that maybe we deserve to hear in terms of like the truth of what we do. Each person has good in them. But there are also some things that are not good. And I need someone who is honest and open and direct. This is one of the, the benefits of having a father of confession who can give me both. He can see in me the good things and he can praise me for them. But at the same time, he can see maybe the hidden things, the dark things, the things that are leading me astray and he can be honest with me. But those people who flatter, they want to manipulate to gain something for themselves. If I flatter you, maybe you are more likely to, uh, to approve my request. If I flatter you, you will feel better about, about me and then I will gain something as a result. Finally, flattery is spreading a net for my neighbor. In Proverbs 29.5, it says, a man, who flatters is a, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Meaning we are ensnaring them. The person who we flatter, we are ensnaring them in a lie. Because as I said before, if a person needs to hear the truth, because the truth is necessary for them, the truth is necessary for their life so they could hear it and change and take some positive action, then actually when I refrain from telling them the truth or when I flatter them by essentially telling them the opposite, I am not helping them as maybe we think. Maybe we think that through flattery, I'm actually saving the, 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 the feelings, the emotions of another person out of, out of care and out of love. But actually I'm, I'm putting them in a trap because I'm confusing them. If a person has a specific weakness in a certain area, and let's say that area, it's not just you know something that's indifferent or neutral, but it's a weakness that is causing them great harm in their life. It's causing them suffering in their life. But because they have a blind spot and they don't see themselves clearly, they don't understand the, the role that this weakness plays in their life, and so they're going about their life suffering, 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 and they don't know why. And maybe it's easy for us, out of our love for them, to not want to confront them. I don't want to confront them and tell them, hey, this is your problem. You have this and this, right? 
And it's very hard to do so. And of course, that person, when they hear that from us, maybe they will be offended. And maybe they will feel like we are saying this out of hatred and not out of love. And yet, when I do so, when I flatter and I don't tell the truth and I'm not honest, I'm actually ensnaring them deeper and deeper into a web of lies to confirm in their mind that actually they have no problem. There's nothing wrong that I'm doing. Everything is fine with my life and the problem is outside of me. The reason I suffer is not because of myself. The reason I suffer is because of the, of the actions of others, the thoughts of others, the evil that others have done. And so it's easy for us to not want to to, to go near this. It's easy for us to just kind of maintain the status quo and say, okay, this person doesn't know themselves and I'm not going to be the one to tell them. But actually, this is also a form of flattery. So what flattery is not? What is it not? Flattery sh should not be a way to gain others. As I said about the Samaritan woman, when the Lord met her, he did compliment her, but he complimented her on her honesty. He told her something that was true. She was honest and open to say that the man she was living with now is not her husband. And he praised her in order to win her. But he didn't praise her sin. He didn't praise the fact that she had done wrong. And he didn't dismiss the fact that the lifestyle that she was living was a sinful lifestyle. And so it was important for us to, to, to see this difference. The Lord was trying to gain her, but through the truth. So flattery should not be a way that we gain others. We should not be trying to tell people something that's a lie in order to make them feel good about themselves so that we can gain them, even if we have good motives. Even if my intention is I want to bring someone closer to God, I want to bring someone to the church, I cannot go and say, oh, well, you know what, your life, the way that you've been living it is great. You know, This is one of the issues sometimes when, when churches preach the idea of limitless acceptance. We have to be careful of what is limitless acceptance. What does it mean to have limitless acceptance with no limit? We have to be clear to understand like, yes, God accepts us as we are, but in order to change us, he accepted the Samaritan woman as she was. He wasn't going to tell her no because you have lived a sinful life, then I reject you. He didn't say this. But the moment that she comes to him and she accepts him, be prepared to be changed. Be prepared for a transformation. Be prepared to live a life of repentance. Be, be prepared to rebuke the sins that you yourself have committed in your life. So we shouldn't understand this idea of limitless acceptance to be that come as you are and stay as you are. No, you can come as you are, but as long as you realize that you do not want to stay as you are. You want to change, you want to grow, you want to transform. So flattery is not a way to gain others. Flattery should also not be a practice of God's servants. In First Thessalonians chapter 2, St. Paul says, But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. For neither at any time did we use flattering words. The apostles were placed in some very difficult situations where they were attacked, where they were persecuted, they were beaten, they were threatened with death, they were stoned, all these kinds of things. <clears throat> and they were threatened with this because they spoke the truth. They spoke the truth of the gospel boldly. They, didn't they did it without fear. And they went all over the world and preached and, and said, said the same thing to everyone. And this brought upon them many enemies, people who sought to, to kill them and who did kill them in the end, uh, almost all of them. But yet this was not a reason for them to, to flatter. This was not a reason for them to just tell people what they want to hear in order to avoid even the personal harm, even the, the, the personal attacks that they were receiving. No, they saw themselves as the mouthpieces of God. We have to speak the truth, just like Jeremiah the prophet. I have to speak the truth. This is the truth. And actually, even what happens to me as a result of me speaking the truth, that, that's not even important. 
What matters is, is that we want the people to know the word of God. This doesn't mean that we speak without tact or that we speak without understanding how our words are going to have an impact. Of course, we can speak with kindness. I'll speak about that in a second. But, but, but they spoke truly. They spoke not their own words, but they spoke the words of God. Flattery is actually punished by God. In, um, in Acts 12.23, um, King Herod, um, people, when they heard him speak, they said about him, this is the voice of a God and not of a man, when they heard him speak. And King Herod did nothing to, um, to stop them. He did nothing to correct them. He didn't say, no, I'm not a God, I'm just a man. No. The people spoke about him as though he were God. And then it says in Acts 12, 23, it says, Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. It's a pretty severe punishment. Not even just because he, f he flattered someone, but because he accepted the flattery. He accepted the lie, the compliment that was a lie, that someone exalted him to be as God and he did not correct them. And then it says that this, this, he died in this way. In Psalm 12, verse 3, it says, The Lord shall cut off all flattering lips and the tongue that speaks proud things. So flattery is a type of boasting, even when I accept it to myself. When people say about us the things that are not true, it doesn't mean that we have to go around correcting everyone, but at least in my heart, that I do not accept such flattery as being true. I know myself, I know my wickedness, I know my sins. And so even when someone compliments me, I have to put that into perspective and say, is it really true what this person is saying? Like maybe thank God that in the eyes of this person, God has given me grace, but in the reality is maybe I'm nothing like what this person thinks that I am. So how can we detect flattery? How can we know when flattery is happening? <clears throat> the first way is, when what is said is false or an exaggeration of the truth. You know, if somebody comes to me and I know that I maybe have a certain weakness, right? And someone comes to me and they tell me something that I know clearly is definitely false, right? Like, you know, I'm not a good football player, right? If someone comes to me and says, you're amazing at playing football. It's like, no, that's probably not. And why are you saying this? Like, what is the reason why you are saying this? Is it really because you think I'm a good football player? Probably not. Probably you are just thinking that that's going to make me feel good or something, right? Or exaggerating the truth. The second is when, one who, when the one speaking has a track record of dishonesty. Meaning if there are certain people that maybe we know through our interaction with them in the past that they have not been completely honest or that they can manipulate people. So we have to be careful with this person. Maybe what this person is saying or doing is not genuine and there is a reason behind it. The third is when there is a request tied to the compliment. Right? This is maybe when somebody calls me on the phone who has not talked to me in years and they're very, very friendly and they're like, oh, how have you been doing? I've been thinking about you a lot. How's everything? How's your family? How's this? Oh, by the way, can I have such and such? Right? Maybe, maybe the reason they're calling me, maybe the reason that they are acting so nice to me in, 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 in this way is because they really want something from me. Especially if this person is not an, someone who's been normally asking about me or calling me or you know, I have no real relationship with them. So I have to also be careful. Is, is there a, a, a request tied to the flattery? Is it, oh, you are great, 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 great in all these ways? Oh, please, can I have? Right? Maybe that's an indicator that what's being said is not genuine. When words like the best, the greatest, and the smartest are used, the superlative words, you know, the person who is, who is always ready to, to place you above everyone, 
like in every way you are the greatest you are the best at everything right maybe again maybe that person makes me feel good about who i am but maybe there's something else um, behind that finally i want to say brutal honesty is also a sin flattery and brutal honesty right like like it's, it's not that it's not like brutal honesty is the, is the goal either right because brutal honesty is essentially saying the whole and complete truth regardless of how it makes people feel even when the lord jesus christ was preaching and and trying to win people he did it with kindness and gentleness you know we talk about the saint paul sandwich which is where saint paul first he gives a rebuke in his epistle or sorry he, he gives a compliment in his epistle he, he mentions the good things about the the church that he's writing to and they're genuine things you know, he mentions all of the good things that he, they have done, all of the good reputation that they have earned, all these positive things. And then he says, but here's the things that I have against you. Here are the things that you need to improve. And then he concludes it again with some positive words. What he's doing there is he's, he's preparing their hearts to receive the criticism <clears throat> in a way that's actionable, right? The goal of being honest with someone is not just to declare something for the sake of saying it, but to to say it in a way that encourages that person to change, right? So each person, if I go to them and I show them kindness, if I show them gentleness, if I do praise maybe something that is good about them, and then I present to them the thing that maybe they need to work on, right? There is much more likelihood that that person will hear me, will listen, will actually take take a, uh, you know like like take action based on what I'm saying, as opposed to if I just go criticize, 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 um, and that's all. Um, so the truth should always be spoken in love, and brutal honesty is not um, is not a virtue because it can also be very damaging, and actually have the reverse effect of what we are seeking. If I if I go to someone and I I just give them some brutal information that um, they need to know about themselves, and they just become offended at me and upset, and that's it, right? And nothing changes. Nothing is going to actually be improved in their life. So that also is not meeting the goal. The goal is to help them transform and change. So today we spoke about the the idea of the praise of men versus the praise of God, and how um, flattery is one of the means that we actually um, continue to live in darkness and we, uh, we, uh, we, we kind of impose darkness on other people by not revealing to them the truth. And the Lord said that he is the light of the world and he is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, and that we are called to live in that truth. And one of the ways of living in that truth is the way that we talk to one another. So may God grant us his light to always to know him and to be always encouraged and motivated and to speak truth to one another. And glory be to God forever. Amen.